0: And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode Twenty One season three of the standoff of and richie here on new zealand sport radio we're here live every wednesday on facebook throughout the season evening richie um well another warriors loss but i thought we saw some improvements in the side but we also had um some great matches during the weekend including a fantastic origin decider and another shocking storm loss uh what were your thoughts on the weekend overall
3: hmm yeah good weekend of footy brad uh- um going to the origin starting off there they um I don't even care about the result I think it was one of the better games in a long long time and just the brutality of it it was it was fantastic and then and then it flowed into a nice round of of NRL footy as well so yep I've enjoyed it buddy
1: Definitely. Uh, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings 8 pm, you'll also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, um, a review of State of Origin and Round 18. Um, we'll then stop and ask some questions from you guys, as well as questions we've got for each other. Um, before going into a preview of Round 19, making our tips and hopefully time pending um having the end cap of Super League so we may as well just jump straight into it but remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show and we'll do our best to answer them um so first news story I got Richie um we we talked about it a little bit last week which seems to be an ongoing trend we're getting rumors and then we get them announced the next week but Benji Marshall has signed on as coach for the Tigers um, he signed a five-year deal in which he'll assist Tim Sheens for the first two years as he learns the trade. Robbie Farrer is also joining the fold as an assistant coach. What's your overall thoughts on this five-year plan?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. If I'm a Tigers fan, um, Benji getting Benji and Farrer two club legends on on board. Um, obviously, not a lot of NRL coaching experience, well, none actually, no. but um, yeah, I think two guys that sort of have have the passion for the jersey, so being mentored by, by Tim Sheens for a couple of years, and I think what you're going to get out of those guys is, is people who are going to try and get the playing roster to, you know, play with passion for the Tigers and bleed for the jersey like they did, which is something that looks like the Tigers have lacked over the past few
1: years. Yeah, definitely, and um, I've heard rumours that Scott Prince could also come into the fold as well. Um, nothing official on that, no doubt, as the pattern's been. Uh, we'll have confirmation of that by next week. But um,
0: yeah, I think it's a bit. Guys, think this, this this thing, this idea of two years assistant and then become head. Don't these things generally kind of uh, fall on their face in that transition period? Either the head coach does really well and therefore you think, well, why are you replacing him? Or he does really badly, and you want to get rid of him, but you can't because you've got this other guy who's not ready yet, and it just seems like strange to, 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 to commit yourself to something in two years' time do the long way away um, with, when um, uh, we've seen not, not work a lot of times before.
3: I think the key thing is Tim Sheen's is, is no spring chicken anymore, so he's got... A lot of great first, great experience and won one titles. So he can pass on his knowledge. You're right. It is a long period of time. Who knows what happens in two years? Anything can happen. But like Brad says, exactly. Everything that happens in Tiger Town falls on its face anyway. So we'll see. Yeah,
1: and um, Sheen's has got another role with the Tigers that he's already in. So I assume he. It's still going to be a safety blanket i think so like in the two years when benji takes over he'll still have tim machines in the fold to help if he needed but um it's a bit similar to when we talked about the warriors last week in the signing of webster they were kind of at a point the tigers where they didn't really have an option the coaches they approached didn't want to coach them um so there wasn't really a lot of other options to be brutally honest so hmm will it work not sure um but it'll make interesting um interesting couple of years for us on the show um with the ups and downs of how Benji's gonna cope with it um but yeah I wish him nothing but the best um I put him kind of in that category like we've got right now with the Warriors and Stacey Jones you've got like a legend of the club so if anything the players should have that respect with Benji, which um, that's like a foot in the door to hopefully some success, but time will tell. Um, it might even help potentially um, persuade Papali'i to not back out mm. on his deal with Benji there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. But um, next bit of news is uh, Jerome Luai. Um, he apparently played an Origin in the week. I didn't really see him though, but um, he has shrugged off social media claims of him being a grub. Um and s- after it appeared that he was taunting Salwyn Kobo when he was knocked out in the Origin game, he said um, he has nothing to apologise for as he didn't realise Kobo was unconscious, which is an interesting way to say you don't need to say <laughs> sorry. But um you, you are the New South Wales man on the show, so I will hand the floor to you. What do you think about the whole Luai situation?
3: Well, it's... Yeah, it's not a good look, him standing over somebody that's knocked out, for starters. Um, we've seen it happen before the other way around with Queensland. Queensland is doing it to James Tedesco a couple of years, um, and I think the Queensland player actually um, gave him a head push on the, on the ground while he was knocked out. So um, it's not a it's not a one-way street, um, whether or not Jerome Lewis is a grub. I've got my own opinions about that. I personally think he is. I've seen it. I've seen him do things in the past in the NRL arena, stomping on Cody, Cody Nickramer's head. head. Cody yeah. head, and that's just that's just one thing. There's been numerous other things, um, but yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess you know, if you ask me, judging of what he's done in the Panthers jersey, I would call him a grub. But that's just me.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say going back to the Queenslander doing it to James Tedesco, I think the difference here is, um, Salwan Cobo's a young guy and most people seem to like him when no one likes James Tedesco. So I think that <laughs> okay. was the difference there, you know, <laughs> sure. um, it depends who you do it on, but yeah, I, it's weird because I generally gravitate towards the grubs, but I just don't like Jerome Loy. Um, I don't know why he, he rubs me the wrong way. Um, but yeah, it's I, I understand what he what he said. He kind of said it was like in the heat of the moment in the battle. Um, it wasn't too bad. It, yeah, like you said, the Queensland thing, it was nowhere near as severe as that where he actually got down, picked him up, and dropped them again. Hmm. type thing. He kind of just stood over him. Um, but yeah, I I have my distaste towards him and his level of performance on the field in that regard, mainly on the NRL level anyway so yeah time will tell um eventually someone will i think it's we've talked about it before i think the biggest problem with players like him is the fact that you're not allowed to hit anybody anymore um lets these guys (laughs) like him get a bit more i don't want to say cocky but a bit more brave with being um Mm. rambunctious if you will like if he knew um, yeah, like Jacko has just said, he's immature and just needs to mature. I think that's it. He's a bit immature. If he was in a situation where he knows if he was a bit lippy and being mm-hmm. um, a bit of a grub like he is now, that a front row is going to go and give him one uh, a one-two combination, um, yeah. you probably wouldn't see it.
3: Imagine if he played in the
1: 90s and someone
3: like Gordon Tellis or Monty Beetham got their hands on him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So um, eventually there will come a breaking point where someone just goes, that's enough, and just goes, I'll take the 10 in the bin. Um, we're playing the Panthers. We're not going to win anyway. <laughs> so um, that type of approach. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks when the Warriors will um, just send one of our hitmen out there. Um, someone has to do it. But um, going on to a bit more serious note, um, as I say, giggling, um Mitchell Moses um had to have police escorts after receiving death threats um New South Wales police have identified that two teenagers um with people responsible um what's your take on this I I was quite critical of Mitchell Moses um the last couple of weeks on this show about his performances and being a flat-track bully but I think it takes a a, a special kind of human um to take being upset at a player on a on a field into death threats. It's um yeah, I don't it's a it's a no go for me, in my opinion. I think as angry as you can be at a player, it should never go to that level. What is on the field stays on the field for me.
3: Special kind of person's one way to describe them. Yes, it's disgusting, mate. What what else can you say? It's if that's the lowest of the low, I hope they're dealt with accordingly.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, there's been no word on what punishments will happen. Um, it should be something severe. Um, but yeah. Fully deserved in my opinion. Um, next bit's not really it, it's kind of a non-starter, but um there were rumors swelling that Anthony Griffin's time at the Dragons could be at an end. But if he was fired, he would end up getting a five hundred thousand dollar payout. Um, dragons have come out and squashed rumors and um given Griffin the good old coach curse by saying that um, he has their backing Um, so (laughs) what what are your thoughts Um, does that mean Griffin's out of the job at the end of the week or
3: I think there's other coaches that should be in more danger than him I'll turn it around to you Brad you picked them for Wooden Spoon in your eyes he must have this team overperforming
1: yeah I think he's doing a fantastic job they should be dead last right now so I don't know what's going on um (laughs) I think I don't think there's enough um, talent in the coaching pool to be going and throwing a guy like him out of the out to pasture. He is still a very talented coach. He's just got a crap team.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, next bit, We'll keep going with the the coach stuff. Um, the Titans have also put the curse out, and they've confirmed that Justin Holbrook will not be shown the door at the Titans, and he will be their coach in two thousand twenty three. Um, I, Jacko says some of the dragons want Dean Young badly. Yeah, I've heard um, that. That be, could be the case, so we might see that sooner rather than later. Since they've come out and said he's got the backing, because we know as soon as an organization like the Titans have just done and the Dragons, once they say that they've got full support of the coach, the coach is usually on the way out. Yeah. Um. What do you think? Do you think Holbrook's a guy that should be kicked out as well, or? <sighs>
3: Yeah, I mean, he's got to be in as much danger as any, as any of the other ones in the top in the bottom five. Sorry, um look look where they've come from last year where they snuck into the finals and now they're running um, dead last so um, and they've made some pretty funny calls along the way between last year and this year letting, um, letting the half back go and look how they've struggled in the halves this year. Uh, they haven't had it all go their way with Jaden Campbell being injured for a lot of the year, and he seems to be one of their main strike weapons. But, yeah, it's 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 not looking good.
1: No. Um, and Jacko's also mentioned the Titans have fired all of Holbrook's coaches, um, assistant coaches, which um, is weird. And uh, I know um, Jim Dimock, uh he got sacked and that was because he was told they weren't going to extend his contract so he basically demanded to be um let go but yeah it's interesting so i don't know if they've basically said we're going to keep you but you need to start from the ground up with your coaching staff again um be interesting times at the titans um Mm -hmm. and uh brett camorley we'll keep the coach for one more um Greg came out saying that it was disrespectful to the Panthers to rest all of their Origin players against the Tigers last weekend. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think it was disrespectful or um, just a wise move from a team <laughs> preparing for finals? <laughs> That's
3: a wise move. They, they're running uh, top of the ladder comfortably with a couple of win cushion. Um, why wouldn't you rest? rest some Origin players and give them a rest when you're winning. They won anyway.
1: Yeah, I think I think it would have had more merit if the Tigers had won. Um, yeah, if anything the, fact-
3: the Tigers have been disrespectful for fielding a reserve grade quality side every week.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, next bit, Caden um, has put it in the comments but it was the next bit of my news. Victor Radley has declared himself a um, He's declared himself for England, um, ending his possible debut for the New South Wales side and future origins. He said that he wanted to represent England England for his father. Um, but, uh, Caden said that it's um, excellent for International Rugby League and Myers his courage to make the call. 100%, Mel um, Meninga has come out quite a lot this week about it because he was kind of doing the whole, I was going to pick him in the World Cup side for Australia. Um, I feel like that's kind of like... You know, your your girlfriend dumps you. and You're like, oh, I was just about to propose. You know, um, <laughs> that type of thing. I don't know if he would have made it. I I wouldn't be surprised. He's a hell of a talent, but I think it's a great win for um, for England um, to get a player of his quality. And it's a big call. Cool. I'm hoping that we see a switch where there's more players that are going to say no to Origin to play for their countries more as a biased Kiwi. Um, but may, is that showing that, you know, I know your questions around it, but do people just don't care about playing for New South Wales or, or, or what's what's the deal?
3: <laughs> if you believe some of the journalists out there, yeah, you could draw that conclusion, but I don't feel it's that. I, I, maybe it's amplified more because it's a World Cup year and people are sort of drawing a line in the sand early. Maybe Victor felt like he was potentially not going to make Australia, or maybe he just feels that passionately about making his dad proud. But either way, like you say, it's a great win for England and, and for the World Cup. You know, the more some of this talent spreads around, the more competitive it will it could possibly be. So that'd be great.
1: Yeah. And um Jacko's said that Origin Rules will change letting Tier one nations play Origin under um under rules here. I think they're going to change. Mel Meninga was is kind of saying that. He's saying that he thinks it's great that Victor Radley um, is going to play for England, but that he should play, be able to play for Origin as well, um, which if you let a, a guy playing for England play Origin, it opens the floodgates. You will have to open it up to New Zealand um, mm. as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but kind of going with that whole Origin talk, the um, rlpa and the nrl are reportedly in talks to ban players from being able to back up for their club after playing state of origin what do you think about this ritchie um wouldn't this um strengthen the case of moving origin um away from the current model they've got as you'll effectively have teams losing all their stars the week before an origin game and now the week after um that's potentially six rounds of footy without your best players
3: yeah. This is a real funny situation. I don't think you'll find the perfect the perfect science for it. Um you know, traditionally Origin's been played on Wednesdays and it's been up to the clubs. Some clubs rest their players afterwards, some have them back up and I guess it's just up to up to the players if they feel they're up to it and if they've come out of the origin game physically, you know, sort of unscathed and, and able to go, but Yeah, I don't think they're going to want to play anymore in the weekend. I'm not too sure what else you could do. Like I say, it'll be hard to find a sweet spot.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's got to be up to the players. Um, You know, some players, as we we saw in the weekend just gone, some players did back up, some didn't. Yeah. Um, So it all depends on... um, But, yeah, I, I don't know i don't know really um it doesn't affect us as warriors fans nine times out of ten no (laughs) so it doesn't really matter um and then the last bit of news it was kind of just brought up it it seems we we can't really determine if it was tongue-in-cheek or not but reese walsh was dropped from the starting lineup for the warriors this week and andrew Voss, in an interview we did um came out suggested that we might see walsh leave the warriors early and um either go to the Broncos and then someone else dropped in and said Melbourne Storm. Um, I was speaking with Paul before, yeah, going completely on the, this is them being um, 100% honest and said that what type of situation does that put up where a player gets moved from the starting lineup to the bench so still playing? But on the bench, and then they demand that they want to go elsewhere. Reese hasn't done that in this situation. Um, obviously, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but um, you know, moving to the bench isn't a isn't a death note. So, um, yeah, I I think it was tongue in cheek, like you said earlier. But what's your thoughts?
3: I actually think the bench is a very important role in today's game. You know, um, it's a lot of sides have a great. Um, Impact players come on at number 14, make a massive difference. Um, I was just saying to you before we went on, I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy this slump that Melbourne are in. <laughs> I, why help them? Why, why help them? They've had enough success,
1: yeah. And um, Jacko said that Storm tried for Walsh this season, but the Warriors said no. I think, um, I think uh, I also said it before the show, but the Warriors still want um, Walsh's pretty face there for those home games. Um, there's people that want to see, you know, he is leaving and all that, but there are still people that want to watch him in a Warriors jersey live um, that haven't been able to. So they'll still want him there to to get bums on seats if you want. Yeah, As <laughs> boys just put up the ladies' man. That's his biggest problem. He was too much of a ladies' man. Yeah. Um, and Jacko said, to be real, CHT played better than Walsh. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that when we review the game. Um, I have some – my opinion's on the same lines, Jacko, so um, we'll, we'll talk about it. But next up, injury ward. We actually got a, a, quite a full a full ward this week, unfortunately. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen is the, the headliner. He is out for the season um, after suffering a suspected fractured kneecap So um Mm. they basically said that um yeah his kneecap's done and that's his season. Um do you think we're gonna have to start having Pappenhausen wrapped in um you know cotton wool? Um he seems to be getting injured all the time Uh, now, it's a real big concern.
3: I know, but um what I will say is if there's any team that is that knows how to deal with a broken cap, it's the Melbourne Storm.
1: Well done. You, you've been holding on to that all, all night. I you? have.
3: I've been waiting um, for the moment,
1: yeah. Um, continuing with season-ending injuries, Sharks' Yoni Katoa is also out. Um, he had to go under the knife to fix a pick injury, so um, that's his year done. And Alex Twile from the Tigers has officially been ruled out for the rest of the season to recover from his recent concussion that he got a few weeks back. So, um that's three big losses for those clubs you know ryan we just talked about but katoa's been doing really well for the sharks and alex 12 is kind of um look i feel like he's one of the linchpins of the tigers ford pack as bad as they are but um i feel like he really um can get that team together to try mm. <laughs> as defeatist as that sounds but um hopefully he he comes back next season um all the, all the better for it. And um, Roosters, um, Satili Tupanua and Billy Smith, um, mm. both have appeared to tear their ACLs, and Jake Devojevic is out this week due to COVID. Um, any thoughts on those before I bring up Mark's comment?
3: Yeah, Satili Tupanua is a big one for the Roosters. He's been a real good performer for them the past couple of years. Uh, they've got, you know... Matt Lodge turning up to help with with their um, forward pack now, but still as the edge forward, that's that's a tough one. Uh, Billy Smith too, I think. I think he's still only in his early twenties, and this is a second or third um, knee reconstruction. So, you know, yeah. th- thoughts to him that that's never that's pretty unlucky and never an easy one to take.
1: Yeah, and uh, Mark Roberts said Origin should be played at the end of the season, in between the last round and the final starting. Um, it's not a bad idea. The NRL will never do it because they'll go on about, you know, potential injuries to their finals players. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there needs to be a better way than what's currently working. Um, I feel like the the Wednesday, if they're going to enforce the people playing, um, not playing the week before and the week of the game, um, I feel like it just hurts the NRL product um, too much, which, you know, that's kind of what we're here for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jago said NRL won't move the origin as it suits the TV deal. It's yeah, it's about the money. So um it's gonna be how it is. Um, but yeah, just pick a team that doesn't have origin players. Um, I think the Cowboys fans will be spewing, they're used to not having many, and now half their team's got <laughs> origin. So um they'll be upset. But um that was the casualty ward. Naughty boy corner has got a couple of people as well. Um only one suspension this week. Uh, Jordan Rapana um, has got a, a two-week ban um, for a g- clearless high tackle. He also got a $3,000 fine for a shoulder charge. Mm. Um, the rest of the fines, we had Mitch Kenny from the Panthers, got $750 for a grade one dangerous contact. Um, Nelson Asofa solomona got um, $1,800 for a grade one high tackle. Um, Raymond... Tala Mariner got um, $1,000 for a grade one dangerous contact. And then Jason tomalolo got um, $1,500 for a grade one shoulder charge. Um, and, yeah, Simon said Wednesday nights don't have many sporting rival codes broadcast, except for us, obviously, yeah. <laughs> We're um, part of the build-up. Yeah, we, we help um, promote Origin. Um, they haven't been paying us yet. So unless they're paying Paul and keeping it, he's keeping it quiet, but uh, we'll discuss that at a later <laughs> date, I guess. But um, yeah, so that was Naughty Boy Corner. We may as well, we've got a few ah, a know, so. <laughs> um, We've got an extra game to, to review this week, so we may as well jump straight into it so we're not chewing up too much time. So I'll hand the floor to you to discuss Origin and Round 18. Thank you, sir.
3: Wednesday night, Maroons getting the decider 22-12 to 12 over the New South Wales Blues. Four tries to two for Queensland. Val Holmes, Kurt Capewell, Caelan Ponga, and Ben Hunt uh, with a runaway try. Cam Smith cheering him all the way. Uh, two tries for New South Wales. J- Jerome Luai and Jacob Saifidi. Uh, Brad, you're probably going to want to talk about this because your team got, got the got the chocolates, but not... not the best result for me but my oh my what a game super physical uh head knocks galore fights
1: everything you want from origin right fight there was one fight um it was um it was it was a great game um i've kind of been down on origin the the last couple of years um kind of not really that interested but interested enough to watch um normally I think I've explained my routine on here before due to me being an early starter I generally would watch the first half go to bed and then watch the rest of the game the next day um this one I didn't uh it got to half time I was like no th- this there's a game on our hands here I've got i I'll just be a zombie at work it'll be fine and um thoroughly enjoyed staying up for it it was it was fantastic as you said, three three players sent off for an HIA in the first four minutes of the game, and none of them from a legal play, which is a bonus, I guess. Um, it was a real tight contest. I think for the first hour, um, both teams' defense was really solid. Then, um, probably my favourite player of the game, Stephen Crichton, um, did a no hope <laughs> offload on his own goal line, and momentum swung. You know, the maroons scored on the next set from that and that was when the game was over in my mind. Um, ben Hunt then scored that great try, as you said, um, charging down a Nathan Cleary kick. Um, but, yeah, I thought Queensland looked great. Um, their forwards had um, did a, a hell of an effort, considering some of them had to play a lot longer minutes than normal um, due to players going out. Um, DCE put on a kicking clinic, mm. um, and Tom Dearden was fantastic on debut. Um, he did a lot better than I thought he would. Um, and then yeah, New South Wales they were in the fight until that blooper from Crichton. Um, and then once they got into catch up mode at that point where they really needed to score points, they just appeared to struggle um, putting together good offensive sets. Clary's come under a lot of pressure this week. Um, but I thought he played okay. Um, he just didn't have support from uh, Luwai and Cove. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm getting compliments now, and it's making me feel weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the biggest thing, though, um, that was Crichton's last game in Origin. Um, we we can't beat around the bush. He dug his own grave, but you have Latrell Mitchell and Tommy Turbo that will come straight in and take that spot anyway. So regardless of that howler of the century, um, he wasn't going to come. Um, he was going to come back. And, yeah, I... I thought it was funny, um, as a Queensland fan. And Jacko, Jacko said um, second half had Slater's fingerprints all over it, mm. um, with changing plays, directions, early kicks. He outcoached Fitler, yeah. Which is great when you've got Fitler who's got more experience and this was Slater's third game coaching. Um, and I think someone said the the try they scored where um Kurt Cape try where Harry yep. Grant that the old he hit circle on the PlayStation controller and did the spin, did the 360, um, yeah, yeah, and with the kick through, apparently that was a, a, a play option discussion that Billy Slater had had during the week. Um, so that kind of thing, um, yeah, it was just great. But you know that New South Wales are going to be stronger back, um, next year when they've got Latrell and Tommy Turbo and the likes there, so it's, it's, I don't think it's the start of another Maroons dynasty by any means, but. They definitely showed that they've got what it takes. So it will at least make me more um, excited about Origin next year. But uh, what about you? I know you probably cried, cried in your sleep after that game.
3: No, I couldn't cry at all after that game, mate. That was a that was a breezing game and probably one of the best State of Origin games in a long while. Um, I thought that yeah. try on half time to Queensland, Cape Post try was a, a massive turning point because I feel like. Um, Later on in the first half, New South Wales was starting to get take control of the game a wee bit and we were in the lead. But I feel like that took a bit of steam out of New South Wales and then come out in the second half and Queensland's Queensland spine really really choked New South Wales. Like you said, the kicking game from DC even Ben Hunt with a forty-twenty, but forty twenty, yeah. They forced New South Wales into errors and, and yeah. That was that was it pretty much. Queensland was just more clinical and and New South Wales, I feel like really buckled under the pressure. Maybe even have Queensland have maybe even set a blueprint on how to beat the Panthers, um, heading towards the finals in the NRL. You know, if you put a lot of pressure on these um, Panthers players, they're not they're not invincible. You know, they you see how sort of Luai and Crichton were making mistakes. I, I think maybe you've you've written Crichton off a wee bit early there, Brad, saying yeah. he will never play Origin again. He's only a young fella.
1: Never again. He may as well go and declare for Samoa now and just just go.
3: He's performed in a grand final, and you've seen Billy Slater, the man himself, make similar mistakes. Look back at the 2008 World Cup and grand final against the Kiwis.
1: Mate, you, you're just being biased. phil <laughs> um, will never pick him again. And um, we've got a comment here saying Fitler had a brain explosion. How can you leave and out and have Talakai on the bench? Yeah, no, 100%. I agree that with game- that. i Telekai
3: needed, needed Whiten in that game.
1: Yeah. And Telekai, um, he made a lot of mistakes when he came on. Um, he was mm-hmm. missing defensive reads and stuff. He he really did himself no favors in that game. Um, not a Crichton level, but yeah. And um, yeah, Paul's already giving us crap saying we're going to be a two hour show. So that it was a great origin. Let's go on to the actual game. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we got the tip-off comp um, for state of Look origin.
3: Go, Simon.
1: There's, there's a nice little. I gave Simon a little medal there. He was hundred percent through the whole, whole comp. He got every game right. Hold um, well on. So he ended on three out of three. I ended up on two out of three. I only got that uh, one game wrong. And then Richie, you only got one out of three. We're going to see what happens.
0: That's what, that's what happens when score. you tip New South Wales. Yeah, I was so, going to say. Brad and Richie both just tip their own slide and hence Yeah. He, so he, whoever wins yeah.
1: But um yeah, congrats Simon. Um that was some great picking from you there. Um Brad will send you a
3: reward out in the mail.
1: Know, I'm not giving rewards for Origin, it's just the pride. <laughs> you got the medal there. Um take All a right. screenshot and, and print it off. Um but yeah, Cowboys vs. Sharks, off you go, Friday. Richie.
3: Friday, Cowboys versus Sharks. Uh, Sharks getting this one, 26 to 12 over the Cowboys four tries to two uh, for the Sharks Jesse Ramian with a double Teg Wilton and Sione Katoa grabbing the tries for the Cowboys Kyle Felt and the hammer Tebuai Fodou grabbing the two tries um yeah I I actually tipped the Cowboys Brad I you know they, they mind you they did have a few players um who you know rested through origin duty but I think the Cowboys were very much in it. I thought a pretty dubious call to rub out Jason Tamalolo's try swung the match. Uh, I thought it was a 12-point 12, 12, 12 diabolical. Diabolical, swing too because that gets disallowed and then the Sharks score in the very next set. Um, instead of the Cowboys being in the lead, the Sharks took a bigger lead and I think that was the massive turning point in the match. Um, yeah, so you didn't agree with it because what the refs have said is that the player supporting Tamalola, who, in my mind, he's just backing up for a pass, in case, you know, in case Tamalola needs to pass on for a try. Tamalola gets hit by a defender, then then the players ended up in front of Tamalola, and because he was in front yeah. of him, he he was deemed not a support player and rather somebody obstructing obstructing the defence. I thought I thought yeah. it's absolutely rubbish.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. By the letter of the law that they've put in, you could see their point of view, but you've got a you've got to have a bit of um, leeway on it in that situation. I, I think Common I I, listened, I think Dean and Kemp on his review of the game, he said in that situation, if that player that he was apparently obstructing had hit him, it would have been a penalty for the Cowboys because you had a, a supporting player. It's like mm. so how I don't see it if he had passed the ball to him, it would have been play on and a try. It's just, yeah, the most bizarre thing I've seen in a while In saying that, I think it would have been a good boost for the Cowboys scoring that try, but I kind of felt the sharks had the edge anyway, um, throughout the contest. And, um, you said you picked the Cowboys, uh, myself and Simon also picked the Cowboys. So we all got this one wrong. I kind of forgot that a lot of the origin players wouldn't play. Um, I kind of forgot that with the um, when I was doing the picking, but the the Cowboys still I thought put in a decent effort here, being under strength, having that try taken away. Um, I thought they played well, but they had a few issues with their defense, which I think let them down. Um, yeah, I think that was essentially the biggest difference between the two sides. Um, Jason Tomololo is starting to return to his old form, um, and I think that the Cowboys are going to really need that in the finals. Um, and for the Sharks, Jesse Ramian, I gave him praise last week. Um, he team. had another he had another strong game. So mm. this appears to be his new norm, um, which makes the sharks a, a much more dangerous side. And um their forward pack is firming up nicely. The experienced heads of Dale Fanukin um have added a lot of starch to this side. And um Nico Hines directed the game well and um it felt like he was involved in everything um mm. which was great and i think if the sharks can go to an, another level it's going to be a cracking game against the panthers this week um but yeah i i don't know how confident i'll be if they win in how they played in this game but yeah they take it up another lap then yeah it'll be a real good game
3: i think it will be and it'll it'll tell us a lot about where where the sharks are that's for sure cuz They've been looking great again. Um, I think another team might might need to step up to rival the Panthers because the Melbourne Storm looking all sorts with their injuries. So but yeah, I think you're right, Brad. I think the Sharks did, despite the the bad call, I think they were still pretty good value for their win there. Yeah. Move on to the Warriors game. Um, Eels twenty eight, Warriors 18, five tries to three. Wanga Blake grabbing a double, Isaiah Papali'i. Clint Gutherson and Mike Asivo grabbing the five tries for the Eels. It is painful to talk about, Paul. You're right. Three tries for the Warriors. Marcelo Montoya, Ed Cosi and Jack Murchie with three tries. Um, yeah, Brad, I saw improvements from the Warriors. You know, it's not the uh, – y- you know, we weren't as as bad as what we've seen for earlier this season from the Warriors. Um It's hard to gauge because the Eels have been sort of up and down and and hard to read as well, so I don't know what it tells us about either team, but, you know, I I thought this was a game we could have won, but, yeah, not not to be as, as it's been the case a lot this year for us.
1: Yeah, um, and yeah, Paul just said lost but moved up the table. Yeah, I'll take a loss with a move up the table any day of the week. Mm. But um, I thought it was, it was another loss from the Warriors that I wasn't overly disappointed with. Um, I ended the game more positive than what I felt for a lot of the season. I thought they played well for the majority of the contest. It was just there was a few moments where they let things slip, and mm. that's what let the Eels take over. They were both bending the line. Um, the backs made the Eels' defense work. I thought Ed Cossie, um had a decent return after that shocker against Melbourne, and um, I was disappointed with Reese Walsh and what I thought was his worst outing with the for the Warriors. Um, I don't know if that's because the the tinted glasses have come off now that he's leaving, and I'm um, being a bit more objective about his performance, but. It felt like he was on a different, different playbook to everyone else. He was kind of just doing his own thing at times, and um, we had that comment earlier about how Chanel appears to play better at fullback. Um, we talked about it when Chanel played at fullback at the for, against Gamers Tigers. I think he's a better, he's better defensively. He's he seems to be better at keeping the defensive line structured and he knows how to get himself into attacking opportunities and running good lines like a fullback where Reese seems to be a bit hit and miss with that um that stuff that's all going to come in time you know he's a very young man but yeah I was just a bit more um critical as like, uh, if if he did this and this maybe it would have been a win I don't know um but yeah the defense was better but there's still um work to be done as a few of those eels tries, especially that first one for Walker Blake where he basically mm. had no one in front of him when he went over. Um, and yeah, Jacko said as long as they put in a good effort and show improvement week to week, one can't moan too much. That's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, the season's over in terms of playing finals, but if you can see improvements each week and show they're building something and actually getting back to where we wanted them to be, you know, um, it's the best you can really get. Um But yeah, a few silly errors at the start of the second half really allowed the Eels to come back. Um, But the Eels were good. Um, They weren't as great as they could be. As you said, they're real hit and miss. But they were piling the pressure on the Warriors easily um, early on. And um, you you felt it was only a matter of time before they finally went over. And they did. Um, All but one of the Eels forwards ran for over 100 metres. Isaiah Papali'i had another great night out. Um, scored a good try um, and after giving him grief last week full credit needs to go to Clint Gutherson who scored a nice try bouncing back from that monster hit from Moncelo Montoya that saw the fullback lose the ball in his lunch um, but yeah um, I thought it was just a really good game um, those two quick tries from the Warriors at the end made the scoreline look a bit better but um, mm. it was an enjoyable game um, despite the loss
3: yeah, you heard it here f- first, folks. Brad's put the calcula- calculator away for the year. It's He's, he's yeah. written... Yeah, fair enough, too. <laughs> it's well tr- well and truly gone. But, yeah, I felt like we were hanging in there pretty well. It was ten, only 10-6 at time. But, yeah, just second half. Papaliti Gutherson scored after 53 and 56 minutes and then Sevo 10 minutes after. And, yeah, that, that little lapse there just... we couldn't hang with them. No. Anyway, Saturday, the Roosters 54 over Brad's Dragons 26. Nine tries to four. Bear with me, folks. Victor Radley, Joey Manu, Connor Watson, Joey Manu again, Sam Walker, James Tedesco, Joseph Suwali, Paul Momorowski, and James Tedesco again. For the Dragons, four tries. Ben Hunt, Zach Lomax, Matthew Fengai, and Cody Ramsey grabbing the four tries. This is a funny game, Brad. Dragons were leading 14-12 at halftime. I think it was 20-all after not that long to go, and then the Roosters just piled it on after about the 50th minute mark.
1: It was around the 50th minute mark where it just piled on, but um, I don't really have much to say about this match. The Roosters dominated um, in that second half. Um, scoring those seven tries and that was the difference here. I've got Joey Manu and James Tedesco had a field day. Yeah, like they were having just a training run. Victor Radley also had a massive day. He scored a try and ran for 213 meters. Um, it was just a good performance from everyone for the the Roosters really. And I think this is the Roosters that you expected to see every week since you had them picked as your premiers. Mm. Um, and then for the Dragons, I just they looked good in the first half. Ben Hunt directed um, directed the side around well, nailed a great 40-20 and scored a try. Um, they just weren't able to keep up with the pace of the Roosters and never left the sheds at half halftime.
3: Mm, I I like Joey Manu in the positions where he gets the ball in his hands a lot more. I know when he's playing centre, he's probably the best centre in the game or up there, but he's, he's almost even better if you put him into a spine position where he's touching the ball a lot more. He can show a lot more of his tricks and he, he showed a good one, but oh, great, I'll,
1: great um, actor as well. Um, yeah, we, I, we will talk about it later on.
3: <laughs> we will talk about it later, yeah. Um, but yeah, dominant there for the rest is in the end. Um, Manly's, um, Brad's other team, Manly. Seagulls 42 over the Knights 12, seven tries to two. For Manly, we had Cola, Jason Saab with a double, Olokuatu. Andrew Davey, Christian Tupolotu, and Lachlan Croko grabbing the tries for the Knights, Adam Kloon and Kalem Ponga. Um, yep. What do you got on this one, Brad? Just one-way traffic, really, wasn't it? For Yeah, whole, it's another game? short
1: one, really. Um, Manly running away with a second, almost a carbon copy of the match we just talked about. Um, yeah. DCE backed up his origin form with a big knight, setting up three tries. Um, Hamoli Olokowatu um, um, led the pack well. Um he made a highlight reel run down the sidelines and ended mm. this night with seven tackle breaks. Um just a good performance from Manly and watching an inconsistent season. So a bit like you with the Roosters, this is the Manly I expected when I picked <laughs> the my premieres. Yeah. Um the Knights, they lost three players to injury during the match with Tyson Frizzell and Dom Young being the biggest losses. Um and then the sim binning of Milford didn't didn't help them either. Um but I thought Caelan Ponga was probably the best on the park for Newcastle, but ultimately they missed 54 tackles and made seven errors. And when you do that, you're not putting yourself in the driver's seat to win, which is what we saw. Um, it was probably the Knights playing how you expected them to play. With yeah. You with Wooden spoon.
3: <laughs> Pretty much. I'm hearing now maybe that uh, Tommy Travoyevich may be looking for a return around finals time. Should Manly? cement a place in the eight do you think do you think there's a chance uh, if they
1: if there, if there's a chance for them to play finals footy then you've got to go with it but um I think they've got to focus on making the eight first properly oh yeah hundred um,
3: no, percent but do you think if if they do cement it, it does do you think he bit, gives them enough of a boost to threaten?
1: not to threaten um I don't think so I think there's if you put him back in the side, they're going to be competitive, but I wouldn't be confident if they went up against Penrith, um, the Sharks or the Cowboys right now. I'm not going to put Melbourne in that. I don't want to write them off, but I. I it feels weird saying they can beat people right now because that's just not what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, Manly are in the eight right now. If they can stay in there and he comes back, you got to play him.
3: Mm, mm, yeah, 100%. Even though Ruben Garrick's actually going really well at fullback, yeah. Um, yeah. Garrick will just slot back out to the wing. Out to wing. Yep. Um Queensland Derby was next. Uh, the Broncos getting up over the Titans 16 to 12. Three tries to two for the Broncos. DeLuise Hoyter, Jordan Pereira, and Adam Reynolds grabbing the three tries for the Titans. Tanner Boyd and Jamin Joel. Oh, Jamin Joel. Yeah, there you go. Jamin. Um this one was closer than I thought it might be, Brad. I, obviously, the Broncos have some players backing up from origin and some injured, like and Cobo. But, yeah, I think the Titans played a bit better than they have been recently.
1: Yeah, after two blowouts, it was nice to see we finally got a tight tussle. And, it, yeah, to be honest, it, it was a surprise that this was the game that was going to be tight. Yeah. Um, The Broncos had plenty of chances in the first half, but the Titans' goal line defense was holding them out, Mm. um, only letting them in in the final minute of the first half, which I'm sure would have been real disappointing for the Titans. Um, Adam Reynolds, um, in this game, he became the eighth player since 1908 to go past 2,000 points in the NRL. So uh, well done on him there. Um, Tessie New had another blockbuster night at fullback. He ran for 241 meters possibly showing the Broncos that they don't need to replace him with Reese Walsh next year. Um, so he seems to have gone up another level with the moment they announced Walsh was coming back. So um, it's good to see competition there, I guess. Um, Zach Hosking um, was impressive. He ran for 129 meters and had a try disallowed, and he was actually working on a building site three weeks ago. <laughs> um, so it's a great rags to riches type story for him. Hopefully that continues um, when he gets more opportunities. Um, and yeah, I said, I've got on here, Broncos will be happy with the win, but we'll be concerned with their defense as they missed 57 tackles in this, which is, I don't even think the Warriors have missed that many. Um, so it's great to miss that many and win, but you would look at it and go, if we miss those against the top eight side, we don't win this game. Um, so yeah, disappointing on that aspect, but great. They got the two points. Titans, they showed heart, which is something um we haven't seen much of this season um big tino ran for 146 meters in a limited stint they they didn't play him off the they played him off the bench due to origin he didn't get on to i think like the 57th minute um so that's a great effort of work in that short stint of time um aj Brimson was a shining light um at fullback he ran for 250 meters um but the titans their biggest issue and potentially the reason they lost this was the errors. They made 12 yep. in total in this game and just kept leading the Broncos off the hook, and um, you can't do that against any team in the NRL.
3: Mm, I think it was tighter than I thought, um, but the Broncos, they were missing a, a fair few people still, so I yeah. think it sh- shows the quality of the team. If, if you're missing a, f- a few of your cattle and, and still find a way to win... Um, Yeah, you're right. I I was impressed with Tessie New. Um, It seems whoever they're putting the fullback this year position has has done a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, Even when they had Tamari Martin deputizing there, now Tessie New's come back in like the past two or two, I think at least two games since he's been back, has been in electric form. So, yeah. Um, Don't know what happens with him now with Reese Walsh going. Going to the Broncos next year, I mean, that'll phase him out of first grade, surely so, whether he looks elsewhere, not too sure, but Dolphins maybe. (laughs) Um, The next game was the Tigers versus the Panthers. The Panthers scraping past the Tigers 18-16, three tries apiece. For the Panthers, Isaac Tango, Vuliami Kakao, and James Fisher-Harris. For the Tigers, Junior Tupo, Adam Dewey and Big Kenny Mamalo, uh, it was very tight. The Panthers rested all their origin players, though, Brad, so just shows their depth to um, go out there and still get the job done with a second-string side.
1: Yeah, and um, it, this win meant that they went through the rep um, period undefeated, which is not something that happened last year. You know, that was where they had their dip in form when all the players were out playing origin, so good to see that they've, they've learned from that and backed up um their forwards really went up a level i thought um james fisher harris celebrated his 150th match in style his usual dominant display and a match winning try um kakao was causing plenty of issues for the tigers and scored a nice oh, yeah. try as well it's fantastic um, sean o'sullivan had another good outing and his role was clear he's understudy i'm still not sure if he has what it takes to be the starting half week in week out but we may get to see if i'm wrong with that next year at the dolphins um, but yeah, overall, a, a good performance from the Panthers with all the players they had gone. Um, Tigers to their credit, I think they're starting to re- regain their heart a bit. Um, they were throwing all they could at the Penrith side. Um, Adam Dewey looked dangerous in the halves. Mm. I'm still not sold on Jackson Hastings playing at lock. Um, but he appears to be staying there for the foreseeable future. So we'll see what happens. Um, the Tigers did have two tries taken away. Um, which I thought, although that it was tough to see that happen, I think they were the right cause. Um And uh, disappointing to lose to an understrength Panthers side. Um, but I just like seeing the Tigers making their opposition really work for a win. Um, and I hope they can keep doing that for the rest of the year.
3: Yeah, I, on that, I wonder if, if it wasn't Brett Camorley at the helm in the interim like he is now. Say if it was Tim Sheen's. I don't think you'd see a Jackson Hastings at 13. And although he did a pretty admirable job, you know, I think you you want to try and retain him at the Tigers and and make your halves him and Adam Dewey. Um, yeah. You know, just, just no disrespect to um, Luke, Brooks, Luke Brooks. but um, yeah, I think that's got to be your halves pairing, really. And, and going forward, it's got to be those guys. But, yeah, that's just my thoughts. Brad's more the playmaker. Um,
1: yeah. Stay the in your next, lane, please.
3: Yeah, I'll stay in my lane. The <laughs> next game. The next game I tipped, The Raiders yeah. 20 over the Storm 16. Um, three tries apiece. Sebastian Chris, James Schiller with a double, one of those uh, spectacular, spectacular try. Um, three tries for the storm as well, Nick Meany, Jerome Hughes, and Harry Grant. Uh, we had the Sin binning and Jordan Rapana. He had a, another grubby day in the office as he likes to do. Um, and the injury of Ryan Pippenhausen going, banging up his knee, going knee to knee against Jack Whiten, um, which was a big blow. But yeah, the Raiders actually have a pretty good, pretty good record over Melbourne. In Melbourne, I I think
1: they yeah, beat them. It's You've their fifth one the in a row. It's yeah. their fifth win at Amy Park in a row. That's um, why I tipped them, mate. Yeah, I didn't even think about that when I did it. I'm disappointed that Simon didn't pick his team here, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, As someone who hasn't picked the Warriors in a long time, I can't really throw stones. Um, But, yeah, storm on a three-game losing streak. It's something I never would imagine I would say on this show. I'm loving it. I think they said it was the first time they've lost three in a row since 2015. Yeah. Yeah. it was also the first game since round nine that we saw the full Storm Spine play together, um, just not for long as Pat went off, as you said. Um, Munster, I thought, looked good in his first match back um, since round 15. He ran for 180 metres and was creating um, opportunities for a side. They just didn't look like they are on the same page. Um, as I said last week, it feels like we're watching Warriors games when we're watching the Storm right now. Um, they just can't finish their opportunities. They were making silly errors making poor defensive choices, um, just so um, Storm-like is really the only note I've got here. And with a game against the Rabbitohs coming up, they've got a lot of work to do um, if they want to end this losing streak. I'd rather them lose that losing streak this week, to be honest, rather than um, having a four-game losing streak and going to the play (laughs) at Mount Smart against the Warriors. I don't want that pressure on the Warriors. Um, But yeah, the Raiders made too many errors as well. But they've had a fine, um, they've had that fine run of form at Melbourne, as we just mentioned. Joseph Tappany, um, he was solid in the middle, ran for 171 metres, mm. and continued to stake his claim as one of the best props in the NRL. Um, James Schiller um, had a great night out. He scored the first two tries of his career, um, including a highlight reel try for a second yeah. where he did the old chip and chase and the, um, the acrobats in the corner. Um, Xavier uh, Savage um, was great at fullback for them as well had a few good defensive moments which kept the side on the winning side here um, including his try saving effort against Jerome Hughes Um, much needed win for the the Raiders as they continue to try and claw their way into the top 8 and it's going to make them a very tough opponent for the Warriors this week Um, but yeah that's all I really had
3: Could we see a world where the Storm Drop a game against the Rabbitohs and possibly the Warriors with all these spine players out. How long? How have they ever lost five in a row? When would? When would that?
1: Don't ask me stat questions like that. I don't know. (laughs) Um,
3: That wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen very often in Melbourne. That's for sure. Um, Don't worry about it, Brad. We'll move on to the next game. I'm I'm, I'm still looking. I'm pretty sure it's never happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I will move on. The Bulldogs versus the Rabbitohs on Sunday. The Rabbitohs getting up 36-28. to 28. Seven tries to five for the Rabbitohs. Lachlan Ilias, Cody Walker, Alex Johnston grabbing a hat trick. He's amazing. Uh, Latrell Mitchell and Tevita Totola. And five tries for the Bulldogs. Braden Burns, Declan Casey. Joe Stimson, Jake Avarillo, and Paul Vaughan. I thought this was a very entertaining game. Brad I thought the Bulldogs were really good value. Um, took a bit of a beast mode moment from Latrell Mitchell to to set them back, set them back on their um, on the tracks, and and to get the get the win here over the Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, and Melbourne Storm their biggest consecutive um, losses was six um, in two thousand two between round seven and round 13. Um, So a very long time ago, Um, 20 years ago. That's when Um, we were good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, this, back to the Bulldogs, another great match. Um, uh, Alex Johnson scored his 11th hat trick of his career. Um, Latrell Mitchell's superb return from injury has been amazing. Um, He was Mm. standing head and shoulders above everyone else in this game. His try was a great demonstration of how dangerous he is with the ball in hand. Um, the rabbits forwards gave them a good edge. Um, big honours have to go to prop Tavita to Totola. He ran for 234 metres. Um, um, they still made too many errors, as I keep complaining about. As um, about the Rabbitohs, but if they play like they did here um, and continue this form, um, they could be premiership threats. Um, I said I'm not sold on them yet. I still want more games. I want another one. I want to see how they go against the Storm this week. Um, but, yeah, the Bulldogs, I thought, played well too. They they also made too many errors. It was the theme of the day. Um, but they stayed in the hunt for the first 70 minutes of this match. Um, Paul Vaughan really took it out of the Rabbits' defensive line. Um, and, mm. yeah, I thought it was a real even matchup. Jake Averillow continues to impress me at fullback. And the loss of Josh ryder was concerning. But, thankfully, for Bulldogs fans, it was nothing major. Um, Matt Burden had a tough night out struggling to keep the contained. Um, And overall um, it was a coulda woulda game for the Bulldogs. I think if they were like, if we did this and that, we might've got this, Um, but they'll learn from it. And I think they are going to be a top eight threat next season.
3: Yeah. And I think where they've come from, they, they can't be too disappointed with that. They they've come a long way this year. Um, especially since the departure of Trent Barrett, no disrespect, but uh, they look a different side. Um, but the same can be said for the Rabbitohs since Latrell has returned. Yeah, it's just He just makes such a massive difference. And you see someone like Cody Walker, who you knows is a great player, but you take Adam Reynolds and Latrell Mitchell off him and he, he seems to go into a shell, whereas you give him someone like Latrell Mitchell back and – uh yeah, he grows another arm and leg almost most the confidence he gets from playing with somebody like that so yeah i think if latrell stays fit and healthy um you know you wouldn't want to come up against him in the finals put it that way yeah um but that was the round
1: all right thank you for that so um before we go into the tipping we will uh, go to the ladder go go to the ladder first paul there we go um So not too many changes, really. Um, There was only a couple. Panthers stay at number one. Uh, Cowboys are still second. Sharks have gone up to third. Um, Storm have gone down to fourth. Broncos stay the same at fifth. Eels stay the same at sixth. Rabbitohs and Seagulls stay the same at seventh and eighth. Roosters have gone up to ninth. Raiders have gone up to tenth. Dragons have gone down to 11th. Still need a few more to go down, please. Um, Warriors have gone up to twelfth, Knights down to thirteenth, and then the bottom three are all in the same position: Bulldogs, Titans, and Tigers. And uh, Paul's asked are eleventh up still shot winning of top eight. Yeah, footy? I would say so. Yeah. You got there any um, point a win behind? Dragons are eleventh though, so I don't really want to say they have a shot. Dra- um, Dragons but. points. Dragons points differential
3: will hurt them if uh, you know. I think. Maybe 10 up. If, if Dragon's got to keep winning, but if they end up level 8th, their um, points differential's going to hurt them.
1: Definitely. Um, and then going on to our tips, Paul, um, we all got the same amount. Six out of eight. We both got two games wrong. Looking back at it, we all got the Cowboys game wrong. Richie got the Warriors-Eels game wrong. And then <laughs> Simon and myself got the Storm Raiders game wrong um so i am still leading 94 out of 136. richie's four behind on 90 out of 136 and simon's three behind richie at 87 out of 136. so um do we have any questions from the the group paul before we move on to our ones
0: get myself on screen um yeah we have got one and uh it was around um, the, uh, your thoughts on the um, uh, your, your th- on the the, the the Tigers strip? Um, so I thought I'd do a quick I've uh, got a quick um, quick screen grab for you. What are your thoughts on this year's Tigers? Are uh, uh, you, you fans of it, or do you think it's a bit uh, a bit naff? It's all right. It's not a Warriors jersey.
1: No, it's um, I don't mind it. Um, I, I actually know, had which a
0: jersey is that? By the way, which, which one of the twenty five that come out this year?
1: All of oh, the them. Yellow. They're all. They're all. the, gorgeous. the best one. Um, <laughs> I was having this conversation with my grandmother actually this week because she said the uh, Castleford Tigers that uh, the West Tigers stole their colours, and I explained to her that they're the Tigers. Um, both teams are called the Tigers, and Tigers are black and orange. So, you know,
0: <laughs> you, you can't go that far.
1: Um, there's a, a little bit of limitations. Well, I don't mind it, um, really. And yeah, and like Simon said, both colours represent the traditions—the of the tigers and the magpies. So yeah, I think it, it fits well um, since they are a combined club. And um, yeah, as long as they don't steal any warriors jerseys, uh, they'll be fine.
0: Cool, and that's uh, yeah, that, that's it from the um, first questions from the uh, from the live chat, boys. It's
1: uh, okay. Do you want to say your question first or me, Richie?
3: Yeah, I'll run with mine. Eh? So. Um, watching a bit of NRL 360 during the week, and Paul Paul Kent's comments regarding Jerome Luai not being passionate about his New South Wales selection. Um, And he gives a reasoning. Um, He compared him to Tommy Dearden of Queensland. Tommy Dearden gets gets a knock on his door from Billy Slater, says you're going to be picked for Queensland. He tears up, says I won't let the state down. And then Jerome Lui on the other hand, can't wait to play for Samoa. And that was Paul Kent's quote. So what do you think, mate? Do you think he has a point? Um
1: it's I understand what he's saying, and I kind of see his point. Um I have no I have no issues with the wanting to play for Samoa. I think it was just during the origin period he comes out and says he's looking forward to playing for Samoa at the World Cup when people would want him to be focused on State of Origin. But I don't have the same affinity with State of Origin that they do over there. Um, I could really care less um, if they want to play for New South Wales or not. Um, I feel like, yeah, it is a thing where the Queensland guys do seem to be, I feel they seem more passionate about representing Queensland. But the players that you pick for New South Wales, generally don't let you down. So I don't see the issue. Um, and the Tommy Dearden situation, if Tommy Dearden was eligible for a, a tier two or tier three nation, do you think he would say, no, I'm not going to play at the world cup? You know, he's not going to the world cup for Australia. So. Mm-hmm.
3: It, it's, and, he's, and he's a young man on origin debut.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I generally think Queensland have more passion. Um in it but that's always been i think that's always been the case you go back to all those highlight reels and you got a whole lot of Embry queenslanders coming down the whole you know screaming screaming queenslander and that um they just get very fired up for it um but yeah i don't think it affects um you know the performances on the field so yeah, I, I'm, in, I'm sitting, I'm doing a Richie and sitting on the fence on this one. Yeah. I can kind of see his point, but I don't agree a hundred percent.
3: I think it, I think it just comes across a little salty. I mean, he wasn't yeah. saying this. yeah. He wasn't saying South Wales, it when they won. Yeah, exactly. If New South Wales won the series, he wouldn't have said that at all. And no. when New South Wales had a record-breaking win last year, no, you know, doesn't say anything about his lack of passion at all. So. Yeah, the timing of yeah. it just comes across a bit sour grapes.
1: Yeah, and I know you put it in your question, but you put it didn't say it out loud. You just said even though Josh Papalihe plays for Queensland and may play for Samoa, so yep. yeah, Queensland have some that are in the same boat. Um, so yeah, I think it's more sour grapes, like you said. So, nice. Um, and then my question for you: um, go, There's been a lot of noise surrounding Joey Joe Manu's fake knee injury that led to a ruse try. What is your take on the situation? Uncalled for or fair play? Um, yeah,
3: that's a funny situation. I've never seen it before. But um, back in Karate Kid, uh, Cobra Kai's John Kreese once said, "No mercy." Um, <laughs> that's a no mercy moment, mate. It was a, it was a great we. Uh, he sold it real well, and then boom, gone. Uh, but if you're a dragon, if I were a dragons fan, I'd be pretty peeved. To be fair, but you know what? He did limp off after the try, so I think it's not like he he was hundred um, percent. He 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 kind of yeah. pulled up. He kind of pulled up with a bit of pain, and then then there was a gap, and he mustered up enough energy to burst through it and set up a try, and then waddled off the field. So
1: yeah, uh, um, so. yeah, I I. I think in the the fairness of sportsmanship it's not a good look but then if I was playing and I saw a player pull up limp like that and the ref didn't blow the whistle I'm still tackling him I don't care so the other way if I saw Joey Manu was limping I would have gone straight for the leg um you know how often are you going to be able to get an easy tackle on a guy like him so take it um play the whistle you know if it's you know one of those big serious injuries where you know they're hurt like it's usually when you've got them to the ground and they don't get up so in that situation i would have just clipped them and then you know if you're <laughs> hurt or not you're going to make sure they're hurt <laughs> afterwards
0: so Sorry, just clipped him. just I mean, clip just clipped him, yeah take, take, take yeah. him out entirely We're not, there's, there's no clipping yeah. going on here is there it goes straight through yeah. cutting in two.
1: hit them in the back of the knee and he will never pretend he's got a sore knee again um <laughs> yeah that and that's why simon we don't have a show <laughs> <for Spy. laughs> brad is bringing us down um with his thug waist um me and paul kent would have a great show together um so that we're both dinosaurs um living in the old days but yeah um yeah i don't think it was that big a deal really <laughs> you know the roosters were already well on the way to a cricket score anyway I thought it was.
3: Um, I thought it was funny more than anything.
1: Yeah, and like you said, after they scored, it did look like he was limping. I think someone said that he had cramp.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, and not a knee injury, um, which could have been the case as well. He he had done a lot of running that day. But yeah. So that was the questions. Cheers for that. We may as well go in. Um, we we are going long. Um, there is something in Super League I want to bring up, so we will be bringing it up. But um, we'll go into round nineteen and our picks. Simon gave the picks earlier on, which I scribbled down, and all I need is yours. So, um, Paul, if you could bring up the drawer. Um, he's trying ah, to find it.
0: I thought I'd bring up something else and since you were since, since you were called um, uh, Hitman Brad. I thought you, we should uh, bring up a, oh, an, what, an old of you. Come, come on, on, show, damn you yeah well,
1: i forget get you in yeah, that, well, oh, right. that, 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 that yeah, mean we're pink <laughs> um yeah Bret Hart did like attacking the back of the knee as well um so he, did. he he would agree with me on the the Joey in my new tactic um, but yes, um do you have the Sorry. draw now? <laughs>
0: draw why what doing you want that for jeez I don't know you're giving Stop. us crap
1: about a two-hour show and now you're delaying us honestly
0: <laughs> hey I've got no life I'm, I'm happy to be here all night
1: <laughs> there we go so um first game up on Thursday is Eels Broncos Simon and myself have both picked the Broncos um who have you picked
3: I'll go Eels then
1: <laughs> you just pick it on the fly now um okay first game on Friday we have dragon seagulls we have both picked seagulls
3: yeah seagulls eagles.
1: seagulls eagles. um next up we have the Knights first roosters we have both picked the roosters 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 next up is the Raiders Warriors we have both picked the Raiders
3: oh, I'd love to pick the Warriors but no not in Canberra
1: that was i would have if it was mount smart i would have picked the warriors in this one i think um especially our run of form against them as of late uh panthers sharks we've both picked the panthers
3: yeah panthers
1: panthers um this one was this one was hard rabido storm uh simon has gone with the rabido's i went with rabido's and then twinked it out and put storm so (laughs) i've gone with storm
3: Oh, then I'm going to go Rabbitohs.
1: You're going to go Rabbitohs? I I think the Rabbitohs are looking good, but I just can't think I can sit on the show and say the Stormer on a four-game losing streak. Um, so
3: Be, be prepared a, to. A
1: weird, it's a weird <laughs> logic for picking, but there we go. Um, first game on Sunday, we have Bulldogs-Titans. We have both picked the Bulldogs. Mm, doggies. Doggies. And then the last game of the round, Cowboys-Tigers. We have both picked Cowboys.
3: Yeah, got to be Cowboys. Cowboys.
1: All right, so looking at it, um, the only games we've got different is the Eels-Broncos game first, then the Storm-Rabidos. So just like last week, another one with two. Um, so hopefully I'm on the right side of that. So before we sign off, I wanted to do some Super League, mainly because there was some big scores and some records broken.
0: So um, – Bevan French. So let, 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 me, let me just check for a second. W- wouldn't by any chance that, that Wigan might have won. Is that is that why you want to talk about it again? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah.
1: So, um yeah. Biased. Biased as, as all hell. With, um, they won Wigan by Be- a lot. They won by they a won lot. They won by a lot. Bevan French set a new record um, for try scoring. He um bet Leslie um, Vanicolo's record and had school, when he scored seven tries for Wigan in their win over Hull FC. St Helens um are still first on the ladder but Wigan are second um Wigan at second sorry have put some space between them and H- Udersfield, um who are third with Catalans dropping to fourth after a few poor weeks Toulouse um are now off the bottom of the ladder with Wakefield Trinity now last due to points differential so um Toulouse you know if they can keep going the way they're going I know Simon talked about it yeah so Simon's just put that comment in. Toulouse no longer in relegation zone right now. They need to win a couple more games, and Wakefield need to lose all their games. Um, so yeah, St. Helens defeated uddersfield 25-0. Wigan just scraped through against Hull FC winning 60-nil. Um, Castleford defeated Warrington 35-22, Toulouse defeated Leeds 20-6, Hull KR defeated. Wakefield 15 to 10, and Salford defeated Catalans 32 to 6. Um, Which leads us, we've got some intriguing games coming up. So, round 20, you've got Leeds versus Wigan, Warrington versus Hull KR, Hull FC versus Castleford, Catalans versus Uttersfield, Toulouse versus Salford, and Wakefield versus St. Helens. So, you can tick that game for Wakefield losing. They should lose against St. Helens. Salford will be tough for Toulouse, though. Um, but as long as they don't lose by lots, um, Simon's just said he had a look at the two-team schedule, and Toulouse do have the better schedule, so um, it could be a case, I never want to see a team get relegated, but I don't like when a, a team just promoted gets relegated the very next year, so I hope that they stick around. Um, but yeah, that's all I had there. Anything else you want to add, Richie, before we sign off?
3: Not really, mate. Congrats to be- Bevan French. Thanks to everyone yeah. for chatting, chatting with us. It's been a great chat as always. Thank
1: you, Paul. For your help great, in the back. Yeah. Great, great, fun as always. Thanks to the ladies in the kitchen for the spread. Um full and credit. Full credit to the boys. Exactly. Uh ladies, yeah. You thank you, you to the ref. Ref. Thank you to the ref. We never thank the ref. Now <laughs> never, never in my life will I thank a referee. Um Oh, and Simon just said the second place team in the near second division is from the same geographical region as Wakefield. They could balance out the competition. That's true. That's a good point. See, Simon's our, our Super League guru. Um, so hopefully you can give us some more news for next week as well. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on the Standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune in our show. Next week at 8pm here on Facebook at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers again, Richie and Paul, uh, for joining me tonight. And good night, everyone.